0: Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Vaughn Granger. Vaughn Granger is a second-generation haberdasher, a seven-figure business owner, serial entrepreneur, and men's performance coach on a mission to help individuals reach new heights in their professional and personal lives. Nothing excites Vaughn more than watching people pursue their own unique version of success rather than settling for mediocrity. Vaughn developed the Game method as a framework for addressing and optimizing all the key areas of our lives simultaneously, so that we can ultimately show up in the world as our absolute best selves. Vaughn, welcome to the show.
1: Arlen, thanks for having me.
0: This will be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Absolutely. Now, the the term haberdasher. A lot of people probably have no idea what that means, right? It's not a term we use very much. My wife and I like to watch, you know, old British TV shows you see that term come up quite a bit, but for those that don't know, explain what a haberdasher is.
1: Absolutely. Great question. Um, for those who don't know, a haberdasher would be the equivalent of a tailor meets stylist inside of a specialty shop, right? So if you went into a, uh, say a department store and, and met a salesperson that also knew how to sew and was very well versed in styling, that's, that's pretty much what I am. Nice.
0: So you guys do bespoke jackets and things like that, and then help people put together a full Uh, wardrobe, huh?
1: Yep. Correct. Now, the only difference between, I guess, the haberdashers of the past and and me today is I don't sew as much. Uh, I have very limited sewing knowledge, but I'm the actual pattern maker and things like that when we make a suit for you.
0: Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, I want to come back and talk about all that stuff because I'm, not that I'm a big fashionista, but uh, I've had a closet in my time. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about that uh, and the other things you do. Before we get started, though, I've got these questions that I ask every one of my guests. Uh, listeners will know these are the questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor Studio, where host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood uh, stars from film, stage, and television. So, I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. All right. Absolutely. So, Vaughan, all right. <laughs> if you're ready, question number one, what is your favorite
1: word? Favorite word is can. What is your least favorite word? Don't know.
0: Um, what turns you on? Progress. Nice. And what turns you off? Quitting. What sound or noise do you love?
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, Laughter. There you go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What sound or noise do you hate? The screeching of a newborn child.
0: Right. Question seven. What is your favorite curse word?
1: Uh, Rounds with buck.
0: Okay. (laughs) That seems to be the most popular. Um, What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Athlete. Any special, because I know you're, you're a wrestler, right? Is that?
1: Uh, jiu-jitsu. I would, Jiu-Jitsu. A football player, a professional football player would be awesome.
0: Okay. Very cool. And what profession would you not like to do?
1: Mm-hmm. Greeter at Walmart. Okay.
0: <laughs> Perfect. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: Job well done, son. Job well done. Excellent.
0: All right, Vaughn, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, the early years. Um, if you played sports in school, we'll talk a little bit about that. How you got into, uh, the, I guess, the family business, right? Granger Owens, mm-hmm. And yep. then some of the other stuff you have going on. We'll talk about all that stuff and more right after this. So listeners, stick with us. Well, you don't have to imagine any more. You can have that and more when you join my business success mastermind group. Join my business success mastermind group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Vaughn Granger. Vaughn, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. So yeah, let's talk about the early days. Uh, Do you play sports in school?
1: Yep. So I was... uh... Going into high school, I was a tiny little guy, five four, ninety five pounds. But I grew up playing baseball, football, any water sport imaginable, and then really focused on baseball and football all the way through high school. And then uh, had a small chance to walk on at the collegiate level, very late in my college career. Yeah, at football. Yeah,
0: very cool. And then how did you get into jujitsu? Is that recent or?
1: Yeah, I was I was training CrossFit. Probably four years ago, I was about two hundred and forty five pounds, big, strong guy, and just walked around hurting all the time, and I said, "You know what, this is silly. I'm competing at, at being good in the gym. Why don't I just do something that was a little bit more physical and a little bit more engaging and the thought of some type of combat, sport or martial art was really cool, but I'm way, way too pretty to get hit in the face <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and you know I wouldn't do well with the occupation, and so I took up jujitsu and man, it has been just a blast ever since.
0: Nice. I was reading you had a knee injury. What happened with
1: that? Uh, Ego. Uh, I got into <laughs> a into a a submission and and decided that I needed to tap out. And so he kept going and tore my meniscus and oh. had to have it all repaired. But, yeah. That's part now of you're back,
0: back full yeah, strength now?
1: Yeah, 100%. Had a great surgery. Rehab went really, really well. and. Back on the map,
0: good job. So, when did you get involved in the uh, the family business?
1: I laugh. I say, you know, I've grown up around it my entire life. I remember when I was six years old, and my family our our shops on Main Street in Columbia, South Carolina. And I remember watching the Main Street Thanksgiving parade, or any parade for that matter, in the the windows of the store. Mm -hmm. So I've been around it my whole life. I'd come in on Saturdays and uh, shine shoes, but really. I started working and getting a paycheck at the shop in 2001. I was at the university of South Carolina on an academic scholarship. And the deal was we had a, if I maintained my scholarship, I had a six month living stipend from my parents. Well, after about three weeks I had spent my six months mm. and I was way too prideful to ask for money. <laughs> and so I asked for a job in our shipping and receiving room and then was a bartender and a waiter at the time and bounced her from time to time. So I started there and then moved up through the ranks. Wow.
0: Now, did you always plan to go into the family business or did you have other
1: plans? No, other I, I, went to, I thought I wanted to be either a stockbroker, an attorney, or a doctor. Mm-hmm. I did an internship uh, underneath someone that I really respect as a financial advisor. Realized, well, I thought at the time I, I could not stomach the thought of losing someone else's money. And then I focused on being a doctor, and attorney, interviewed a couple of, of people and decided I didn't want to do that. Um, and so a week before we went back for our senior year, I asked my parents if I could just get a job as a salesperson and they tried to talk me out of it. And, and, and I was like, no, I really want to, but I came to that conclusion. I, I'll never forget it as long as I love there's a guy named Matthew Roberts and he said, Vaughn, why do you want to be an attorney? I said, "We all make a lot of money. And he said, well, there are a lot of broke attorneys. He said, do you like taking rules for and following rules of other people? And I was like, no. And long story short, he said, you, you sound more like a business owner and less like an attorney. And yeah. so I just took his advice and, God, that's been, what, 11, uh, 21 years now?
0: Wow. Very cool. So you work your way up from receiving into yep. being a salesman. And then did you have to go to school to learn how to, I mean, I'm assuming, I, I mean, I've had clothes tailored, made before and stuff, taking all the, the measurements and everything like that. Did you have to go to some training for that or just pick it up as part of the you job? Know, it's
1: very much a great question, very much an apprenticeship okay. uh, type scenario. And then we would go, so we had in-house training and then we also would go to different manufacturers that make our actual garments and they would teach us. You know the nuances um i was always a big math guy Mm -hmm. and when you look at the human body and the measurements there's a there's a very tight correlation ratio from different things and as you begin to look at it it's it's really simple math and geometry and so it came very natural from or for me personally um i love numbers Mm -hmm. and so i always enjoyed that piece um And then sales training had tons. I've invested over the last 20 years, I've put at least $100,000, if not more, in sales training and human psychology and things like that.
0: Wow. So, yeah. So, what's the experience like? If I was to walk into the shop, how do we normally go about, do we do a consultation first or how does that work?
1: Yeah. So we we have two business models. You have the really like typical retail, you come in, buy what you need. And that's definitely, you know, we use that really as a prospecting tool for what I really I don't really love retail personally. Like it's not my my thing. I like to get really deep with people and have big impact. So if you were work with me personally, what we would do is we'd sit down and it all starts out with questionnaire just asking questions around who you are, what do you do, right? Most guys have a vision of, of how they see themselves um, mm-hmm. in the entirety of their life. And if you think about it, most guys have, have been dressed by a woman most of their life, right? And, yes. and so we really ask questions around who you are, what are you trying to accomplish, what are you trying to say? I, the buzzword now, right, it's really figuring out like, what is your personal brand? Not what is it today, but what do you want it to be? Right. And then from there, it's really it's very much like being a financial advisor. You know, we take take an assessment of what you have, what fits you well. You know, most guys' closets it X big, and they wear twenty percent of it, right. and the other stuff sits in the back. And and for whatever you have reason, that favorite
0: are. shirt you go to all the time, yeah, you wear it over and over yeah. and
1: over again. So we we extract the the vision of what you want to look like our questioning and then we come up with a very customized solution uh either through custom made garments or through ready-to-wear product that so that you build a very high functioning wardrobe you know because look here's the truth of the matter is like most guys don't know how to dress they don't want to take the time to do it mm-hmm. they there's nothing worse than walking into a situation not feeling confident whether that's your spouse looking at you going like oh my gosh son, you're not wearing that are you <laughs> or walking into an environment and you're just like that gum and I miss and and you can't focus on the task at hand or the conversation at hand or the person at hand and like my job that's where I got into coaching is I started seeing how impactful confidence is for everyone and sometimes it starts from the outside and works its way in like in the the Example of clothes, but a lot of times it's working on that internal that then really comes out, and you start seeing that in business and relationships and everything else. And so I just fell in love with it. And you can see people make just massive transformations. Sorry, kind of on a tangent. You got me excited. No, that's no, that's, that's exactly what I want to
0: talk about though. Because there's that old saying, clothes make the man, right? Mm-hmm. If you have on a good suit to where you feel like you look good, your confidence level is up. Right. But I've been in situations where I walk into to a room and I'm way underdressed from everybody else. I feel yep. self-conscious. I don't want to go out and meet people. Right.
1: I'm, I kind of hang back a little bit. So no, it's, I mean, it, I wrote an article the other day about it and, and I kind of went on a tangent. I think somebody thought I was kidding, but like the truth of the matter is like, just take date night. Right. So you mm-hmm. and your spouse will go out and you put on an outfit that you don't feel comfortable in. The entire evening, if you don't change your outfits, the entire evening is going to be you thinking about how uncomfortable you are or how you look versus focusing on the conversation at hand. Right. And and that's from there stems all kinds of issues. That, I mean, date night's probably not gonna go quite like you expected. <laughs> uh, and then you know, you wake up the next day and you'll be ho hum about things. And mm-hmm. that's gonna bleed into your work life. And people are going to feel that energy. And it just like, it has a massive compounding effect, good or bad, once you start paying attention to it.
0: Yeah. And you talk about the the spouse going, you know, are you going to go out and that my daughter one time actually said, dad, no, no. (laughs) You know, it's like, what? I thought I felt fun. And my uncle was that way. My uncle was hysterical one time. I mean, he had on blue plaid pants he had on an orange shirt he had on a green windbreaker and a you know so it's like what are you thinking and he said hey is everything covered and i said yes sir and he goes well then what's the problem i you're right i, I don't think guys understand the, the color the fit of things they'll buy something that's this nice big and baggy because they think you know it gives them a little room to move but you look disheveled you look not put together how do you oh, get was, guys to get out of that mindset and go towards things that are, are more fitted, things that are colorful, things that are express their style?
1: I mean, there are a couple of key principles, right? The first one is you got to know who you are, um, and and what I mean by that is like if you're an outdoorsy, country esque kind of guy, then you don't need to look like the male version of uh, of Lily was it Lily Pulitzer. Right. <laughs> with a bunch of colors and because the clothes are going to wear you. Right. So, and like you need to know who you are and you need to develop. It's very much like having a relationship with a barber. Right. So like, yeah. yeah, you cultivate that relationship and, and find someone that knows who you are. And then you don't have to do that much figuring out. Like, trust that person. If they tell you something looks nice, like from a fit perspective, trust them. And then, you know, with one jacket, I called this LV's rule number one the other day and I had a lot of fun with it. So for every sport coat that I own, I have two pairs of casual pants, two pairs of dress pants to go with that jacket. And then each jacket pant combination, I have two shirts that must go with it. And that gives you 16 different outfits.
0: Nice. Yep.
1: And, and it's like, wow, that's simple. And you don't have to have a lot does this. I mean, I have three kids and I'm a worker. And life is full, period. Right. I don't have time to, I get dressed in the dark with my iPhone <laughs> flashlight, so I don't wake my wife up half the time. You know, I don't want to think about it, but I dag, I'm sure I want to walk out and feel confident. So, I mean, sure. just changing the mindset, it has to be hard or expensive or time consuming, like find a pro, right? I mean, how many people are listening to this podcast that are professionals at what they do? Mm-hmm go find you a professional out, like partner up with some, like outsource this piece of your life and just wear the clothes, pay for them and then go do what you do best. And, and, and for most guys, it's not shopping. I mean, there's, right. a, there's a small percentage, but those are few and far between. Exactly.
0: Um, what's the hardest thing to, to get guys to overcome? Is it the, is it the color? Is
1: it the, the patterns? What is it they struggle with? You know, um, the biggest thing they struggle with is checking their ego. Like, hands Mm -hmm. down, it's guys coming in and being vulnerable, right? And that's the biggest challenge we face when people – like, once you meet me or one of our teammates and realize that we're normal people and we're not going to judge you because you don't know what you're doing, um, and it would just – like, we're going to have fun and it's going to be a fun process. Like, then it's game on for most guys. But there's that initial – and I think at one time it was very intentional and I I guess it also depends on who your market is, but like, this isn't meant to be some snobby, uh, no one is allowed except with a VIP pass type experience. Like that stigma is really, really still attached to our business or it's either that or you have the opposite, which is very big, big box, big business, cheap experience. And again, I you can name a name, but like go in there and just go buy a shirt and throw it away after three wears in a not matter. So right. like there is a different world in there. It's just guys getting comfortable walking into that environment.
0: Yeah. And that's what the coaching helps, right? Helping yeah. I mean, that. that's
1: where the coaching helps. I mean, in the same mindset of guy um, or client that wants coaching is the same type of client that wants help with their clothes. Mm-hmm. Right. They're wanting to make progressions in in their relationships, both business business and personal. They want to feel more confident in them in themselves and in their ability. And I mean, let's face it, if you're a business owner or salesperson, which is 95% of the people that I personally work with, you're a walking billboard for your company. Yeah. I mean, if you're not paying attention to your personal brand, which unless people are coming to your house for your sales calls, like they see what you're wearing first, like in the first seven seconds of seeing you before you've said anything, they're already conceiving first impressions about you. Mm -hmm. So the rest of the conversation is either working like to overcome that obstacle. If you look like a slob or whatever, or it's like now it's helping you and amplifying your message and allows you to build that, that rapport and that, that, Confidence and that trust from your your prospect so much faster. I mean, it's a secret weapon if you know what you're doing with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So tell me about uh, Liam John, USA. Is that one of your
1: brands? Uh, premier brands. That is, that is the second scariest thing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> the first thing was having a third child.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I thought we were done after two. Um, I, we have a th- my wife and I have a third child named Liam john um and what an awesome incredible experience Uh, i have two daughters i have three wonderful kids i have two daughters Uh, everybody's like oh you tried for you finally got your son i was like i was perfectly content with daughters they they love their daddy or at least mine do but i had a little man and it scared the dickens out of me to go to make that, that that leap and then back in 2016 i started liam john um Granger Owens is my family business and I just needed a place to to look I'm the guy that wants to fly around on a private jet right so and I'm a little bit more aggressive and I got partners that are kind of on the other side of their career you know obviously want less risk exposure things like that so Liam John was a way for me to maintain my partnership and my family at Granger Owens and my friends and keep that and then as opposed to to an either or, it became an and conversation. So Liam John is really um, a, a very nice concierge shopping experience and retail uh, that I own 100% of and then have have built out a just an incredible team of people. Um, and the whole point of it was to build a platform that was much bigger than anything that I could personally do on my own.
0: Nice. And it, the clothing style, is it more... I don't know, uh, more casual. Is it more business
1: oriented? What is it? So we started out as as custom clothiers. I mean, that was, the company was like, we were the people that made custom suits, shirts, coats, pants. Um, We would style you. And then from there, we've, we've morphed and evolved into a brick and mortar retail. We have a a very unique partnership um, with Johnny O, which is a West coast kind of casual prep line. That's really, really cool. We have big shopping shops with them. And then we have other, you know, brands. So we have ready to wear and we, but we approach it from that, that concierge consulting perspective. So, I mean, again, people walk in to get a shirt and it doesn't cost any more to have the expertise guidance, right? It's just yeah. part of the experience. And that's our, that's our big Differentiator in the marketplace is we just have a lot of people that are very knowledgeable about building your brand through clothes. Nice.
0: Very cool. And how many stores do you have?
1: Uh, We're in the process of opening up our second nice. um, and looking at our third. Very cool. Good job. That is awesome. It's it's, it's moving fast. I'll let you know how it's <laughs> doing in about a year, right?
0: Absolutely. No. Good stuff. Um, in the in the bio, we mentioned the game method or yeah. the framework that you came up with. Talk to me about that. How's that work?
1: Um, all right. You asked me well, one of your first 10 questions, right? What would you be athlete? So when you look at top level athletes, I mean, there's just, they're incredible. I mean, I'm so fascinated at the thought of performing at such a high level and then consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, and, and, and knowing for a fact, like you're not going to win all the time and so I'm pretty playful. I hate rigid rules. Um, like I love building process as long as I don't have to maintain it and they're not too many rules. I have to keep it playful enough for me to flow. Um, and so I came up with the game and the G it's just an acronym, right? So the, the game method is the game of growth. So G is game of growth. A is, um, basically a question. Did I train like an athlete today? Okay. And what that means is, did I train my body physically? So I don't work out. I don't go, I don't do diets. I train. um, And that gives me purpose behind, you know, my body being stronger. And then also you look at athletes to compete at a high level. You have to be on, on point with your mental game. So Mm -hmm. inside of being an athlete, you have both the physical training and the mental training. So that means either meditating or, or feeding your mind in a healthy way. Uh, The M is make money. Did I make money today? That I move my business. Uh, that could be prospecting, content creation, something that's gonna lead to me getting paid. And then E is is my most challenging fun piece, which is engaging in relationships. Okay. And and before I dive into deeper what that means, because I think that's one that specifically married people like that are also trying to be successful in business. Like that's probably the biggest one. Um, But this whole thing was like, it's a daily game. If I answer, you know, yes, I train my body. Yes, I train my mind. Yes, I made money. Yes, I engaged in relationships. I won. If I didn't, I go to sleep and I wake up tomorrow and I get to start over at zero, zero. And so every day I just get to play the game. And inside of the E, which is engage in a relationship, is did I reach out to someone and tell them why I love them appreciate them, respect them, honor them in a way that doesn't require them to respond.
0: Nice.
1: What that means is leaving a love note mm-hmm. on my wife's mirror. That means mm-hmm. shooting a text message, not expecting a reply back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um it's not a phone call, right? Because a phone call it means they have to reply.
0: And, right. They have to engage in conversation and, I, and yeah. I'm a
1: big like create games you can win. Yep. And so every single day you 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 Check the box of the four. Did I move my body? Did I train? You know, did I train like an athlete, which is body and mind? Did I make money? And did I engage in relationships? If you do that every single day, you're growing, baby. I don't care. You can show them go through the motions and check those four boxes. You're going to grow just out of necessity.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I had a a guy on the podcast a few weeks ago that he does that every morning. That's part of his routine every morning when he gets up. He sends text messages to all his family members that he's thinking about them, and it's important, right? he has the uh, uh, text messages he sends out to his entire crew you know i appreciate you guys thanks for always working hard and stuff and it it does make a difference it brings that team closer together and and they're more willing to to put out you know
1: it man i have seen it com- like reconcile broken relationships you know i like when i get when i don't when somebody's name pops up in my mind that i don't want to speak to I immediately stop and shoot him a text. And it's like, yep. damn it. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to do this, yeah. but I'm going to. Do it. <laughs> and it really changes your perspective, right? Because yep. like, we hang on to stories that are just, they they don't serve us any longer. And a lot of that, that's, I mean, when you have, you know, broken relationships, if you want to call them that, or or distant relationships, so oftentimes it's, it's the first person who checks their ego that starts that healing process.
0: right? Exactly. Very cool. So how many folks do you have working for you right now?
1: Uh, I believe across the companies we have, uh, I think we're close to 40.
0: Very cool. Yep. Um, if I was to bump into any one of those folks on the road and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me?
1: <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of leader uh, are you? You know, full transparency, I'm... I'm I actually did a really neat exercise not too long ago. And I actually asked um, my coworkers what, you know, what do they see in me? Good, bad, and ugly. And you, I'm very driven and committed. Like uh, I am I always, they, one of the things I'll say is that I will always want the best for everyone else uh, uh, ahead of me. So, what if that means, like, I'm always just – that's going to be my my deal. It's always going to be what's best serving for you as an individual, and that's my job as a leader. So they'll say that. I'm very, very high energy. Um, I work. I'm, I'm intense. I'm playful. I have the capacity for crazy amounts of effort. Um, I'm the guy that's always going to get it done. I'll run through every wall on the flip side of that coin. I kind of – like I don't realize when other people get tired (laughs) necessarily. I don't know. Sometimes I, like, I just lose sense of, of where other people are. So I think sometimes the biggest thing is creating just an environment where other people can be like, Vaughn, I'm tired. Um, but I mean, I don't think anybody would say that I'm not extremely compassionate, caring, loving, um, high expectations. I mean, you're playing for, if you join my team, you're playing for the, a world-class championship team with high standards, high accountability. We're going to make mistakes because we're, we're, we're growing, which means we're always outside of our comfort zone and our capabilities. And as long as you're making that mistake, playing all out, you're great. But if you, if you phone it in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be right there crawling you. Yeah.
0: What do you look for in a leader? If you're getting ready to hire somebody for your team, what do you look for?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, trust. Hmm. trust that like trust that they're always going to operate in everyone's best interest you know when people start having like i don't i love driven people i also love people that are like hey this is what i want and it doesn't match like i don't want all the time like they're just being honest um that's the number one thing i mean you can't integrity trust you can't teach that stuff And there is, I don't put anything ahead of that person.
0: Yeah. Working with my clients. One of the first things we start off with is the core values of the company, right? Because every decision you make is based on your core values for your company. Same thing. Every decision you make should be based on those core values and they have to share those core values with their employees. Otherwise you have no idea what they're using to make their decisions, right? Day to day. But to me, integrity, honesty, things like that are table stakes, Right. If, if you don't have honesty and integrity, you probably shouldn't be in business to begin with.
1: Oh, and I think, too, I mean, that's such a hard I mean, that's not a measure. Like, there's not a resume or an interview test for, for
0: mm-hmm.
1: that. You know, so mm-hmm. it's one of those things like you really have to re- learn how to feel it. Yeah. And you also need to learn how to observe it. Um, and a lot of times it comes up when things are not going well. And and giving people, like not make it for me at least, yep, is not making assumptions or telling them what they did or what they thought. Instead, it's like, hey, tell me what you were thinking. Yeah, and it's really interesting that that one pause for me because I do move fast, and I'm very opinionated. Uh, but if I if I just say, hey, tell me what you were thinking there, it's like you get sort of hear their thinking. And over exactly. time, consistently, I mean, you—they're going to—they're going to eventually show you who they are and how they show up. And once you figure that out, you're like, "Oh, okay, now I know yeah. what I'm dealing with." And if you can, you can train the mindset or the the strategies of how to to handle it, like the Liam John way or the Grand Owens way, like if it's if they're handling things differently, but right, as long as they're coming from a the place that they need to come.
0: Exactly. No, I, that uh, is a perfect question. If they start explaining, well, you know, our, our value, core value is this, and I was trying to do X, then you see that they were trying to do the right thing. Then you can coach them. Here's how I'd, I'd like to see this done in the future, right? Mm-hmm. If they have no idea what they were thinking, they were just doing things to do things, yeah, you've got an issue. And then we, we were talking too about integrity, especially if you're in an interview process. One of the things we like to ask is, um, tell me of a time when you were at fault. How did you handle that situation? What were you attempting to do? How did you resolve that, and what did you learn from it? A lot of times that'll get them to open up about you know their thought process.
1: No not that we did we just brought in um we've been doing a lot of team building and really working with the leadership team and one of the things this this idea of psychological safety, and if you look at the the five dysfunctions of of a team right at the very bottom is trust mm-hmm. and it was this I don't want to screw it up, um, but basically what it was, I forget what the words were called, but it was like, you have the, the trust that's built through experience and you have the trust that's built through time. Yeah. Trust is not built through time. Like I've known some people for 10, 15, 20 years. I didn't trust them then. I don't trust them now. <laughs> right. Right. So, but then there are other people that I've known a short amount of time in comparison that I trust without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And, and as leaders our job is to create a psychological, psychologically safe environment where people can be honest. Mm-hmm. Because for some of us like me, I'm going to be honest with you, whether you like it or not. If you don't, mm-hmm. that's just tough cookies. I don't really care. Yep. There are other people though, that are much more concerned about, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or mm-hmm. maybe I don't want to be some come across as weak or what there are a thousand different reasons that maybe I don't understand in creating a space where they can come forth and share. Like it's not even a lying. It's not like a, a telling a lie. It's almost like um, an admission of truth, mm-hmm. but almost to the, like that's vulnerability, right? It doesn't mean right. that I'm vomiting my emotions. It means I'm just being honest when I don't, when it would almost be more comfortable for me not to be sure. And I think that that's the leader's job inside of business like that's a that's hard that's easy to say much harder to 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 build a culture off of that but like once you do we had a situation last week i mean a big critical situation and one of my leadership team members really like she shot me a text the day after and really share with me how she was feeling, but not from a professional level, but on a personal mm. this, Vaughn, this is how I feel. Harlan, it i you can't buy that kind of credibility with me. She was being real and honest., yeah. and I've been in the I've been in the exact same situation in businesses that she was going through and I know how it hurts, mm-hmm. but sharing that experience and her knowing that she had someone that had already gone through that and could relate to her. Yeah. It was a big moment in our, inside of our professional relationship. I was like, dude, this we've, we've got something here. Like yeah. this is far exceeding anything I would ever thought of that I, in terms of relationship that I thought I would have with a, an employee, quote unquote. Sure.
0: Exactly. Feeling safe enough to, yeah. to open up like that yeah and That's i have awesome.
1: two daughters i mean the same thing sorry i get this is i have two daughters and i've mm-hmm. learned like i grew up on a horse farm like me and my family like, we don't talk about it yeah. well girls don't women my daughters don't necessarily want to talk about it when i come in all forceful yeah. like i'm not gonna push through like i was talking about but creating a space where they can come out and just share it's like True. oh i mean if i could go back and talk to myself 10 years ago be like dude relax a little bit yeah give them space mm-hmm. to to share so absolutely that's, oh, that's perfect. Learn from that's mistakes.
0: <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the uh, types of courage we talk about too, is that empathetic courage, understanding that, you know, put aside your emotions at the time or what you're feeling, but make space for them because maybe, you know that that's an uncomfortable position to be in, or you've been through it before. So you know what it's like. So you make room for that emotion and give them that security and safety that they can come forward and say stuff.
1: That you is. Know, if I, I have one thing. Do you mind if I sure. say something on this pen? Sure. The, um, the flip, or in addition to that, I like to please everyone. I want everyone to like me. And so when I make a mistake or if I come across too hard or whatever it is, I almost tend to justify my behavior or like, because I would never want to hurt your feelings intentionally. And, right. and the situation came up the other day and, it, and it's presented itself a couple of different times. But I had a coach who said, I said, I'm sorry, but here's what I was thinking. They were like, he, he looked at me and said, shut up. I was like, whoa. What? He's like, just say I'm sorry. Dot. Period. Be quiet. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but I want to fix it. I want her to know why I was that was, this is why I said X, Y, and Z. He's like, no, just be, just realize that you screwed up and she can feel bad about it or upset or disappointed. She knows you didn't mean to, but let mm-hmm. her come to that conclusion. Quit defending yourself. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And that, it was such a game changer because it belittles the apology.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're trying to justify it. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Let it yeah. stand.
1: Yeah. Just let it stand. I screwed up. I'm sorry. Period.
0: Done. Very cool. It means a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. Um, so on the, on the topic of courage, you know, we talk about the different types of courage and stuff like that. And, and specifically where did you find the courage? This is probably not, like I said, you didn't grow up thinking this is what I'm going to do, but you came in and you've taken control of, um, you know, the, the business and starting a new business, everything like that. That could be scary for some people. Where did yeah. you find the courage to decide not to work for someone else to kind of start your own, your own biz? How'd you do that?
1: Great question. Um, I'm going to give you two answers. I'm going to give you the, the logical one. To me, it's more risky to work for someone than it is to work for yourself. That's where I started, you know. Because I, yeah. if I work for someone else and they don't want to keep me on payroll, I'm kind of SOL. Yeah. Um, so I'm really at more risk. I, I'd have a hard time firing myself. <laughs> that was number one. That was the logical. Ooh, that's that's why it got me in the deep water. From there, though, is I mean, what's the alternative? this is going to sound ridiculous. One of two things are going to happen. I'm either going to figure it out or we're going to figure it out or I'm going to die. In which case it doesn't matter anyway. So like worst case scenario, I'm still breathing. I'm still here. If I mean, financial bankruptcy, like there's a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah, if I sit I back and like saying, really you know? look yeah, like, at what could I go wrong, it's way, way scary. But yeah. like, I'd have to go a long way away from center, focusing on what you want. That's where I find the courage. And it's like, dude, just take the next step. You don't have to have the whole thing planned out. Yeah. And I don't know. I, life is, who knows how long it is. Yeah. And I just don't want to squander anything. I, I really genuinely feel called to provide a platform for other people. I mean, I love coaching people. Nice um but like my job is to i have 40 employees that work for me and they all have a large majority of them have families i mean if i look at that in theory i guess i could have you know on what 100 plus people depending on me to stay keep my doors open well that could be really freaking scary absolutely but i stepped into it i can figure it out we can figure it out and and if people know you ask me i guess going back you asked me what my my people would say for me as being a leader like I'm going to cover your back. There is no shadow of a doubt. Nice. In, in exchange for that, I expect the same type of coverage. And there's no, without a shadow of a doubt, we will figure it out. I mean, I've been through 2008. I had freaking shingles, mm-hmm. skipped three paychecks with our firstborn child, was one month away from legitimately not paying the mortgage just so that we could pay our tailors to keep them on staff. Wow. Well, that's scary. I just sure. dumped, I just dumped a, what I consider a reasonable chunk of my personal cash back in our business to go to go grow well yeah. like people are like why do you do that that's not scary to me right. it, someone me managing my schedule is more scary than me doing a million dollar deal like yeah. no kidding I have anxiety about managing my schedule I'd rather do a million dollar deal than try to figure that out it's just well, we're all wired different you just, best thing to do is just to pair yourself up and surround yourself with people that exactly have courage where you don't have courage. And it, it all looks different. Um, I don't care who you are. Something, it, it's all scary. We all yeah. feel fear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So who is that grounding force for you?
1: I mean, my wife is a, uh, my wife, without a shadow of a doubt, she's the one that she's massive in my world. Um, my peace comes from God personally. i I believe life happens to us, or I mean, for us, not to us. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, like, I want the absolute best for my kids, right? Like what, what father wouldn't want that. And sure. I figure that that God wants the same for me and he always wants the best for me. And, and, and sometimes it feels like things are being challenging or punishing or whatever, but I figure it's all happening for a reason and that there's learning and, and fond memories to be extracted from it and just keep moving.
0: Absolutely. Good job. So what's on the horizon? What, what's coming up fashion-wise? Are we looking at anything new? I mean, are hats coming back? Are hats, because they, they seem like they're real popular for a while, went away, came back,
1: went away. What's coming you know, up? I think the biggest trend is, so for hats, I mean, that's one of those things, like, if you like hats, rock hats. I mean, I bought a, I bought a cowboy hat because of Yellowstone. I mean, I bought Takovah's boots because he got the stuff. I I grew up on a horse run. I was like, I'll never get back into boots. And I got boots and cowboy hats. Um, Nice. Great marketing, by the way. Uh, uh, The biggest thing for most guys is, like, post-COVID, you know, like, suits were almost a uniform for guys. And then you had, like, the casual attire, which guys got that. But, like, I'm talking about the real casual attire. Mm -hmm. But, like, this in-between land. Of uh, business casual, does that mean sport coats, open right. collar, tie, no tie? Like, what does that look like? Like, figuring out that middle piece is really, yeah. really challenging for guys. But I think it's also the largest opportunity inside of fashion for guys to really build their brand. Yep. Um, I think you're going to see a continuation of that. I mean, comfortable dress is a big deal. I mean, guys like to be comfortable. Sure. You know, sure. women will wear freaking beautiful heels at the cost of their feet hurting. <laughs> Dozen are not going to do that. Like we were just we're like, nah, we're good. Yeah. So I but I, you've
0: got good. it down. Cause I've, I've been looking at pictures you've got, of, uh, you could step into the male model role. You've got, you know, the, the outfits and everything like that. You're not afraid of color. You're not afraid of patterns. You're not afraid of mixing it up. Is that, is that, all no, kind of, I love
1: or, it. I mean, like I've got white jeans on today, <laughs> a blue floral shirt and a knitted wool jacket. Um, I love color. I, I like pinks and purples. And I, you know, it, again, that's whereas if you have the color palette, like learn your color palette, yeah. like learn which ones look good. Like a lot of guys are afraid of purple. They're like, Oh, mm-hmm. I can't wear it. Well, most, most guys feel very comfortable in blue. And if you get the right shade of purple, it has a lot of blue undertones in it, which right. is a very easy transition for guys. And I can assure you, you're, whoever you're trying to attract physically will like you, in that shade of purple. Same thing goes for greens, right? So, like, literally at the at the at the fabric level, they make eighty percent of the shirts to have blue in them, eighty percent. But blues and greens and and purples, they all share that same blue undertone. Easy to wear and to pop a color. And and this sounds weird. I never thought I'd be able to like ever say <laughs> this, but like. It pulls out your eye color. It pulls out yeah. your hair color. It makes you look thinner. Like yeah. it's 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 a game. It's exactly. literally a game.
0: And women have known this for years. Guys are just starting to come in to understand.
1: Oh, it. if I get out of this business, <laughs> uh, I have to stay in the apparel business. I'm getting them uh, in ladies' shoes. I mean, you yeah. can put on. Oh, I mean, nice. it's, you want to talk about cool. And if anybody wants to go do this experiment at home, go do it. <laughs> go get your wife. Tell her to put on her least favorite pair of shoes. Then ask her to put on her favorite pair of shoes. In a second, you will see her transform into Mm -hmm. a beautiful creature from one walked to the next. And And it's like, yes, (laughs) what the heck happened? Oh yeah. It's so cool to watch. They've understand and harnessed the power for for as long as there's been history.
0: My wife has some of the most amazing shoes and just watching her walk in them. Absolutely. It's a transformation. Yep. It's gorgeous
1: that you see a lot with guys. I mean, when you really start doing this as a guy, I don't care your body shape, but when you start feeling good in your clothes, it's, if you carry that on for six months, it's really kind of cool to watch. I mean, you'll see people start going one of the gym, start doing, I mean, I had mm-hmm. a guy say, Hey, Vaughn, thanks for letting me. Thank you. I said, for what? He's like, I made more money this year than I ever have in my entire career. I was like, why, why are you thanking me? He's like, because I, it, it has to do with my dress. Yep. I was like, what? You're exaggerating. He's like, no, he's like between that and my confidence level. And the, when I got in front of a client, are you kidding me? He was dead serious. So, it's a real it's a real thing and it and it creates a lot of synergy. Um nice. and everything goes back to to just being courageous enough to to use your word. You gotta be courageous enough about who you truly are. Because if you try to be someone else, you're gonna you're gonna be a, yeah. a walking living lie. Yeah. And if you're really clear on who you are, and not trying to be different just for the sake of being different, but if you can get really clear on that, everything else you now have the best frame that you can walk through day-to-day with.
0: Absolutely. Very cool. Good stuff. All right. So people want to get in touch with you. What's your website?
1: Um, vongranger.com. That's V A U G H N G R A N G E R. Um, Social media. I love Instagram. It's probably my my personal favorite platform. Um, Connect with me anyway. I love this stuff. Um, nice. there's a personal ebook on vongranger.com. Go, to, go follow me there. I send out, you know, weekly, daily to weekly emails, depending on how I'm feeling with useful information that you can take and apply in your business and your personal life. Um, and I love to just communicate with you and, and hear what you're doing. Awesome.
0: And your stores are where you're in South Carolina. Uh, we are right, based out of
1: South Carolina right now. Nice. All of our stores are inside of South Carolina. All the, who knows where that may take us?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Very cool. Well, Vaughn, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast.
1: Harlan, Have thank you time. for your time, sir.
0: All right. And listeners, hope you guys were taking notes. Definitely check out uh, Vaughn Granger and check out um, the websites and Liam John USA, right? What's the website for Liam John? Is that yep, it? Yep.
1: You, you got it. LiamJohnUSA.com.
0: .com. Perfect. All right. So yeah, hope you guys were taking notes. A lot of good information here. Make sure you share this with your family, friends, colleagues, Or that guy who just doesn't have the fashion thing down yet. (laughs) Share it with them and stick around because there's always more coming. And that's it for me, Coach Arlen. saying so long for now.